Hello, everyone. Why did I say hello like that? Uh, <laughs> but anyways, we're going with it. Welcome to the sixth episode of Literaturistic. Wow, this introduction is all over the place. But we're still going with it. I can't even keep track at this point. Oh my god, we're going so fast. Okay, today we are talking about non-minority authors writing... <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Non-minority authors writing about minority stories or characters. So, uh, before we start, Alifa, what are you reading this week? Well, I guess the last two books that I read, and I bought these two books just at a whim and I read them like so quick because they're pretty like, I don't know, easy to go through. I read firstly, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, I, I saw the movie and I thought Logan Lerman was really good at this, so I'm going to try to <laughs> book. <laughs> I love That's Charlie. That's hate Logan Lerman. Because the thing is, like, I mean, his role in the Percy Jackson series, it's not his fault, you know, that was already <laughs> bad oh, writing, bad in the first place, but he was really great in, you know, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. So I Read the book and it was really short and it was really nice and then i read the poet x and that mm. oh god that is such a good book and i think you know if you guys want to read a book that's very much not like the normal kind of book with the normal paragraph structure type situation the perks of being a wallflower is written through like you're basically reading a bunch of these letters that the main character is addressing to someone and you read the story like you know you learn what's going on and all that stuff through these letters and the poet x is well as the name suggests it is you know a a story that is told through poetry and I thought that was so cool and I loved it. It was so emotional and it was great and yeah. <laughs> so what about you, Alia? Wait, first of all, is the Poet X nonfiction? Or, oh, no. or is that just it's, something I made up? <laughs> no, it's fiction actually. Oh, okay. But anyways, um, for this week, I am reading Loveless by Alice Osman, which I've been very excited to read. It's basically about this girl who, well, the story is her trans transitioning from high school to college, but the thing with her is that she's struggling to find her identity basically she's always very interested in romance and you know like she always wants a relationship and to kiss someone but when she's given the opportunity she actually doesn't want to do it and so basically she just goes to college and meet this new people and kind of almost for the first time feels pressure to get into a relationship and experience these things that she thought was normal and she basically goes through like this entire phase of like oh am i normal am i not normal like what is wrong with me and i think that's really wow. interesting i have another book but i feel like everyone's gonna be you mad at me. I am rereading The Raven Voice, which is the first book from The Raven Cycle. Actually, uh, me rereading this book kind of what gave me the idea for the topic that we're going to talk about today. So we're talking about uh, non-minority authors writing about minorities. Let me give a little background to uh, The Raven Cycle, basically. So uh, the main character is called Blue. She is not canonically a character of color, but phonetically, she is a character of color. So I feel like that, that was really interesting. She was never explicitly stated in the books, in the text, you know, to be a person of color. But people in the fandom, people who love who love that book, me included, has always kind of just accepted the fact that she was a character of color. When I was reading, rereading the book again, it kind of made me think of like, if someone were to make fan arts of her with like light skin or maybe like white features, would that be whitewashing? Because she is That's technically never been confirmed as a character of color, but it has always been like very widely accepted, you know? Also, I feel like I should explain a little bit about the terms that we're going to use. Yeah, so basically canon is the facts, basically, like the things that what authors what happened in, in the story. story. Yeah, what well, we already know, basically, right? What is confirmed to be true? Almost contradictory. Is it contradictory? I don't know. A head canon is basically like one's personal kind of opinion on the character. It can, for example... A reinterpretation of the character. 
yeah. oratory, right? Basically. Yeah, for example, I could say, I headcanon this character favorite color to be blue. Yeah, so usually headcanons are things that, you know, fans create or make for other fans to kind of just, in a way, it's it's like they make the character feel more real, right? Or whatever. Yeah, and there's another one, which is fanon, which is basically a headcanon that is widely accepted in the community, which, as I've mentioned, uh, one of the examples is blue from the Raven Cycle being a character color. I don't know, it's been very interesting to me because, well, here's the thing. <laughs> Most of the characters from the Raven Cycle are whites, and I feel like people wanted blue to be a character of color so they could you know, like get some diversity in the story. But like, yeah, coming back to the question, it's like, if you interpret her as someone who, as a character who is white, would it be whitewashing? Because it's technically not confirmed, right? I guess, you know, also like, if you link it back to the broader question of, you know, whether or not it's okay, or whether it's like, where it should be accepted that a, an author who is a non-minority and they write characters who are minorities, is that okay, right? So like, that's the bigger, broader, question I yeah. guess that we'll be trying to discuss here hmm. that is an interesting kind of situation actually like I think yeah. you know in a way I feel like it's somehow related to the whole Hermione situation and the cursed mm, child, the child play that was more about like the casting choices so it's not necessarily the character herself but I mean she was written as like a white character but then people were some people were upset that she was played by you know actors who are darker skin like I think that's a different situation to the one you're um, describing so I'm, I'm not really sure what to think of it actually yeah this example I feel like is a much you know like bigger and more significant scale rather than you know like blue from the Raven Cycle I am a fan of the stage adaptation of the Crystal, so I kind of know I, I've heard some people especially like black women actually liking the fact that she was never explicitly stated in the books to be a black character because that shouldn't be the defining points of their character you know that shouldn't be the only thing that characterizes her and i feel like that if i'm not mistaken that is also what the actress for uh, the black hermione says about playing hermione but like a black version of her that's <laughs> oh my god what did i say like that i guess my my question to that right my response to that would be is like um if an author doesn't specify i guess the race or the culture of a character you know and they later just not even in the like not in the books themselves but outside of the books and if the authors say oh this character is actually a person of color or is a minor is part of a minority group basically but they never show that in the books you know mm -hmm. like what do you think of that because sometimes i feel like I don't know, like, how does that translate to representation? I guess is my question, you know what I mean? Because mm. really, that's not being showed in the works themselves, right? That's not being written mm, in the books. Yeah, yeah. I guess my opinion of it is that sometimes it can just be like a, a cheap gimmick that authors just throw in and be like, oh, actually, they're a person of color, but they never show that in the books, you know what I mean? That's like, you're not representing the character, you're not really showing anything of, you know, their identity or culture, but then you say outside of the books that, oh, wait a minute, they're a person of color or a, from a minority group. It's almost yeah, like- but also so I feel like contradictory side to that argument is that if you do want to show uh, like the culture and like heritage behind these characters, would you fall into like stereotypes, you know? Right. I feel like that's the thing too. It's why do we, when when a character's race is not explicitly stated, why do we always assume that they're white? White mm -hmm. is not the default. Caucasian is not the default. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like why do we always assume that, you know? Uh, I feel like authors- I'm serious now. <laughs> contradictory to that, there's authors that do the exact 
opposite, but only mention characters that are oh, yeah, characters yeah. of color. For example, Loveless in the book that I've been reading, there's only like two characters of color that are, you know, like the main cast, basically. The first one is Indian and the second one is Latina. And she always like explains that, oh yeah, this character is, is Latina and this is her name. And it's a very like stereotypical name, to be honest. And she, they're always described by, you know, like the color of their skin or uh, the features of their face. And it's just kind of like, we don't need that, <laughs> you know? You, so it's more like authors who try to make a point with their diversity, yeah. right? Trying to get brownie points for their diversity, basically. Mm, yeah, 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 definitely. So, you know, these are different kind of um, examples of basically the same. It breeds the same kind of frustration, you know? Because I mm. feel like, I think a lot of authors who just do like the throwaway, oh, wait a minute, actually they're a person of color and they never show it in the books is also like oftentimes those authors also just want to seem diverse without really doing mm, the yeah. work and I think on the other hand you're right you know like a lot of times these authors just fall back on really dumb stereotypes like oh wait a minute I remember it now um, I think there was a book by the author who wrote Fangirl oh Rainbow Rowell yeah Rainbow I was Rowell. gonna talk about her because she was like a very very bad example of you know right. this whole what conversation was, was it Park oh Park. Eleanor and Park yes Eleanor Park, right and it's like park i read like the beginning of the book or parts of it right and because it was in the library so i thought why not and and i just like when i was reading it i was so frustrated because it was like she wrote park as the most stereotypical kind of like just broadly asian character you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i mean his name is park first of all that's like i don't know the most that's so lazy too that's the thing with Cho yeah that's from harry really potter lazy and like park is technically like a last name right yeah. <laughs> Like, I had that, and also, like, oh, he does karate. He's like, there's so much really, oh like, weird undertones of racism Even just, in a way. Yeah, I think I read like an article about how about how the author describes Park's mother, and it's always very, like, oh, like Chinese doll or something like that, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure because I haven't read it myself, but that's what yeah. I've heard. Yeah, I read parts of it, right? I read some of it. Like, it was so strange because they were, because I, I mean, I understand that the author probably didn't want mean to come off as like strangely a racist or not racist but I guess I don't know I guess you could call it that but it's more like she was relying on these stereotypes it's microaggressions in a way yeah and oh yeah like you said Cho Chang I think you mentioned earlier there's also another example of just like really lazy kind of character (laughs) Cho Chang is basically like yeah she's East Asian and she's stereotypically smart and quiet and reserved like <laughs> and also, you know, she's does she does she even have a personality? I feel like she right. doesn't have a personality. I mean, like. I mean, through the books, it was more she was there as an object of, you know, Harry's desire. These authors, they kind of write these side characters who are minority, I feel like, just mm, to get yeah. like, diversity points. But they never really take the time to really make a character who is, you know, you know like, actual people. You can't say that there's no diversity now because, look, you know? <laughs> I feel like it's so interesting with Harry Potter because it's such a big franchise that the lines between fanon and hit fan and canon, sorry, has kind of been blurred in a way because some people just like to ignore the movie adaptations, right? And I feel like an interesting point that can be brought from this is how Harry is kind of quote-unquote divided into movie Harry and book Harry. I don't know if you personally have seen this, but I see this a lot. So basically, people draw book Harry, quote-unquote, as a character of color. They're almost like two different characters now, right? And I guess it's valid in a way. They are following the books, which these new authors that are, you know, like, 
the modern age of, I don't know, literature or something, has noticed that people of color will find a way to project their identity into these already pre-existing characters, gain from that, you know? Like, mm. oh yeah, look at this book that's just, that's very diverse because the main character is like half Indian or something like that. It is just like, do you even care about the fact that you're writing a character of color that maybe, that maybe or maybe not, you know nothing about the culture behind right, it right, right. and what she has to go through, you know? The authors a lot of times even when they do research it's like i guess they don't really they don't really show like what an actual kind of like deeply personal more realistic kind yeah. of they usually just take these like really general stereotypes and they just run with it you know even when authors do research i think it can still go wrong the most prominent example of this i could think of would probably see his movie <laughs> like i feel like okay i don't think we're gonna go too deep about it it's a whole giant of a topic but i mean you know that was a scenario where she said she did research but look at the outcome right and i guess another yeah. one that's pretty recent that is a book uh, i haven't read it myself but i have watched um, a lot of reviews and i've read a lot of articles and is the book a deadly education have you heard oh, of it oh yeah yeah I'm, I'm actually very interested to read it because it really sounds like something i would be interested in yeah, but i saw this booktuber uh, read with cindy kind of yeah uh, I think, <laughs> yeah i, think, I know uh, the title <laughs> I love how we just like connect like that. Yeah, I think the title was something along the lines of like, should white authors write like characters of color, you know? And I think that's like the whole big thing, you know? Like, should should right. white authors use their privilege to kind of normalize the idea of, you know, like minority characters being the main character? One of the criticisms of this book was that, you know, oh wait, we should probably give it a little bit more context about the book. It's basically set in this place, as I mentioned before, like where monsters are. And, and it's set in the school for like magically gifted children where if you fail you'll die because there's these monsters right and I think in this world one of the criticisms was that um, the author added this little like I guess for the world building she mentioned how characters who have brains or like dreadlocks and the issue was that the author mentioned how monsters might attach themselves to these dreadlocks and lay eggs in them and on one hand I guess I can understand where she was trying to go with it you know what I mean like as a sort of world building thing and you know there's little things here and there whatever but was this necessary no it really it really wasn't i mean we all know that that does have kind of racial undertones like like racism because you know historically um what is it black woman has been like ridiculed it's seen as unprofessional you know like protective hairstyle or even dirty like you know those kinds of hairstyles you know have historically been associated with those negative things and so in this story in this book in this world building where this author added that i i feel like it's just not thinking right you know what i mean like you're just not thinking when you write that because it's like i understand in a way i do understand where the author was trying to go with it but i think she just didn't realize you know what i mean she just didn't make mm. make the lines or the dots or whatever <laughs> it's just like you can't even escape racism from like these fantasy stories like at, at this point is it even like escapism anymore i think also another wildly popular example i think would be twilight stephanie meyer the author did get some criticism for her portrayal of like the native mm, right? oh yeah, yeah, yeah totally. like jacobs yeah. like you know because the werewolves they're like uh native they're a tribe oh yeah right i think that was it i think that was the story these kinds of things where authors didn't have a bad intention with them you know they're just 
thinking of, you know, the world building or whatever, but they're not really doing their research right, or at least they're not realizing can be interpreted in a negative way. Even if like in this fantasy world, there isn't like races. Let me try to explain what I mean by that. There isn't like, oh, this person is black. This person is Asian. For example, there isn't a thing like that. Uh, for example, in Six of Crows, oh my God, I feel like we keep talking about this. Inej is an Indian character, but the entire story is set in Russia. That yeah. kind of doesn't make sense. But in a way, it's kind of like colorblind in a way, right? And it's also like in this fan, in this is also a fantasy book, and a deadly education is also a fantasy one, right? So like, mm. where did it go wrong? And I think what is it for the Six of Crows? It's they, it has amazing world building, and it has a lot of these things when it comes to the culture, and and she really takes into account all those things to do. Very interesting how that gets written into the book in a way that is actually important to the story. You know, the main character from the Shadow and Bone series is not explicitly stated to be an Asian, but she's played by a woman of Chinese descent, Jessie Mae Lee. But that was the thing with like every single character in the whole of Grishaverse, right? To mention another good example, yeah, again, I feel like we mentioned like the same three books over and over again, but I think, you know, there, there's a reason why they're like, they're repeatedly being mentioned, right? Rick Riordan does an amazing job when it comes to writing diverse characters and just, it's honestly really incredible to watch because um, I think the first series, there wasn't so much uh, diversity, but then when you get to his later works and his second series, he started writing a lot more diverse characters. And it's so cool to see how, because oftentimes, you know, their cultures are written really well in the book. Like, for example, um, there is one character in his Magnus Chase series. It was the first time I've read a Muslim character in like an urban fantasy book. And she was written in a way that was really like well written. Most of the times when I read, when I do see Muslim characters in books, they're always like, oh, they're, they're always not religious. And that's okay. That's totally fine. But I feel like I always see that same kind of character. But in the Magnus Chase books, like it was really refreshing to see a character who is actually, you know, who is religious, who is able to kind of interweave her beliefs into like what's going on with the story and it was actually relevant to the story too you know what I mean it's not just some throwaway fact that oh yeah you know what I mean here you have a Muslim character I feel like that's the thing that you know like non-minority authors will never understand is just how much representation means to us right I remember this is not about books this is about a musical actually uh, it was the first time I saw a musical about two Muslim boys and I genuinely started crying because I was like oh my god that oh, is me yeah. you know it's something that non-minority authors would never understand because yeah maybe from their side it's just like oh look this book is diverse give me a movie deal you know two actual mm -hmm. minorities that have the same identity it's always very is it it's euphoric so I don't know. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I can totally see that and I think I, I read somewhere I remember Ricard and talking about he listened to his audience he understood their views and their perspectives and he wanted to be able to show that in his work oh wait okay I just want to add it's also interesting how Ricardo it's not only about race it's also just about you know experiences I think he does a really good yeah, job yeah. I think a lot of times people when they think of diversity they always think about race right but I think you know diversity is such a wide region that you can explore uh, I feel like well it is still in the discussion of you know like minority in the sense of like race instead of uh, like being able-bodied or you know like disability and stuff like that but also in this realm we can kind of I guess talk about how sometimes people don't really care about the specifics of the race if that makes sense let me try to explain that a little bit better for example Nagini from Fantastic Beasts she she originated from from like this Indonesian forest because she's like this kind of like snake creature or something like that 
Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but uh, in the movie, she's played by an East Asian actor, even though it was explicitly stated that she came from like the Indonesian forest or something like yeah, that. Yeah, she was inspired that, or that she was found there yeah, yeah. or something. Especially with the fact that she she was inspired by, you know, like Indonesian mythology and, you know, like the culture from Indonesia. And it's just like, like Asians are not interchangeable. Right. And that is actually, that's a whole, you know, different conversation about just casting and, you know, movies and stuff like that. But I think it is a really good point to show that, you know, even if there are diverse characters, sometimes like when you do adapt it to movies, they don't really like, it's such a missed opportunity. You know, that's what's so frustrating about it. It's so lazy too. It's like Indonesia, it's right there. Like I exactly. think the narrator exactly. says it or something like that. Like, why can't you just get that right? <laughs> you know, a lot of people were upset that um, I think JK Rowling just kind of broadly mentioned Indonesian culture because, you know, the whole mythology about the snakes and the dragons and stuff like that, it is very much influenced from other like Asian cultures as well, which mm. I think it's pretty like, yeah, that makes it's sense. Very right? generalizing. Yeah, so they yeah, just kind of generalized it and said, oh, yeah, it's from this place. When it really, you know, it really isn't that accurate to say that, you know? So I don't know, you know, it kind of makes yeah, the question think, how much research they put into this character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like a, a very similar situation to this is, well, this is not a book. We're kind of talking about movies right now. That uh, is. Uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. It just came out, I think, like a few days ago. And uh, the story is a, is supposed to be about this Southeast Asian girl, but the myth and the culture behind it is very, like, very kind of East Asian centered, which kind of yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people were also really upset the fact that it is a story that is largely influenced supposedly you know about southeast asian culture but a lot of the people who were casted they were not southeast asian actors yeah actors. the thing that makes me most upset is that i think if i'm not mistaken this is like the first southeast asian like princess or something oh, like that that's, and oh, that can't even so, get it right that makes me so frustrated because you know we are as southeast asians i feel like i would have loved to see so many like maybe indonesian actors or or just Malaysian actors or more Philippine actors you know what I mean like that would have mm. been so cool because that is that's representation that be, yeah that would be seeing our own culture or people who are of our own culture like representing you know this culture to a wide audience and that would be so cool to see but it's just such a missed opportunity you know and yeah, I that upsets me about it yeah and going back to like the Nagini thing like if I saw an Indonesian in like that big of a franchise I would be like oh that my god that's so cool like that's me on screen you know and I feel like that goes back to like privilege because should you give weight for less represented like group groups of people to get the spotlight you know because sometimes especially when you're talking about casting and stuff like that you could say like oh we're judging based on talents and we're not looking we're being colorblind you know but sounds all great but if you're being colorblind especially in casting and giving you know like opportunities to people then you are not acknowledging the fact that these people that you know that are minorities have less opportunities than those that are not minorities because you could be I, like the job goes to whoever is the most talented but with that you're also 
Same. You're still giving an opportunity to people who already have a lot of opportunities, you know? I feel like when people do that, but it's for like a character with that was apparently written with like a very specific kind of uh, from a specific region or a specific culture, but then you cast someone who is not of that culture. It just dismisses the whole background of the character, doesn't mm -hmm. it? I feel like East Asian um, actors or East Asian characters, they've always been given more more representation in media. Mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Just are like the lighter skin uh they have lighter they skin. still in a way like comply to western beauty standards right yeah they were closer to that i guess it's uh, maybe this isn't like exactly relevant to the topic that we're talking about but uh, like a few days ago i watched this video essay on black privilege and i think it really it kind of made me realize of like oh my god you know like the topic of race is oh, so huge oh, and experiences oh did yeah, you watch yeah. it too oh my god I I think I know, but I haven't really watched it. But I think even within minority groups, there are privileged when it comes to representation, of course, like in media, specific minorities that get more light than other minorities, right? To talk a little bit about the video essay, I think the YouTuber, she <laughs> talked about how uh, the fact that minorities are oppressed kind of gives them opportunities that make it easier for them to work or again to get opportunities you know people of color think that they have a higher chance of getting into university because now universities are looking to you know like accept more diverse students so they are more likely to take in uh, you know like these people of color to represent them and to show that hey we're a diverse college and you know like stuff like that i think well in generally i think it's a great thing there needs to be more diverse stories there needs to be more authors who are telling these stories and if you do but you do notice that you know certain there's more books on certain minorities than others this kind of privilege can also be explored in you know the fact that the number of diverse books that kind of capitalize with the fact that you know this book is diverse and that's kind of it because i recently watched this video of this booktuber and she was just kind of talking about uh, the books that she read in 2020 if i'm not mistaken uh, her name is chandler ainsley and she talked about how she was disappointed in herself because she didn't read a lot of books that were authored by you know like people of color and that's a really weird thing to hear because personally i have never purposefully seeked out authors of color to read because i just do you know it's like i never do research on the author yeah, of yeah, color, yeah. but i do think people who think that way has good intentions because you know they're trying to like uh, you know like broaden their reading taste or whatever but also it's like do you actually care about what's actually in the story or do you just want to say that oh yeah i read a lot of books by authors of color you know it kind of boils down to like your own personal life experience right because we both have never felt the responsibility to consume media that is specifically focused on you know like experiences in uh, in being a minority or stuff like that i remember the book that i mentioned in the first ever episode of literaturistic was love hate and other filters and i genuinely picked that up i generally picked that up in a bookstore and it was kind of in a whim and i turned out to really really love it because i really i really connected with the story but it wasn't something that i actively seeked out because it just came to me you know you know i think that's just a bigger question entirely of like you know should authors write about experiences that they themselves have not experienced right it's such a strange thing because at the end of the day these are works of fiction. And I think as long as they're well done, as long as it's well researched, it's well written, it is important to do your research as readers, of course, to like, to understand kind of, because sometimes you don't realize what you're reading kind of might have negative undertones until, mm -hmm. until you 
right? Until later on, because you don't know that, you know, you don't experience that. I feel like oh, what I mentioned, the example of that, of that YouTuber specifically seeking out, you know, like stories about minorities and stuff like that, that kind of goes back to the point of like, as I've said, minority privilege, you know, because if you're an author of color and you suddenly like see a spike of, you know, the sales of your books, because you have these white people with white guilt just looking to, you know, say that they read books that, that was made by a person of color. And yeah, that kind of goes back to the privilege, as I've said. I don't know. It's really weird to me because personally, if I were to put my art in the market or something like that, I wouldn't want to capitalize on the fact that I am a minority, you know? Yeah. I want you to care about the story that I'm giving to you. I don't want you to look at me because I'm Asian and like, oh yes, I'm gonna read that book because it was written by an Asian person. Right. <laughs> and also, in a way, sometimes, funnily enough, you know, like just because you're writing diverse characters, it doesn't really save. It doesn't mean your stories will automatically. It just depends on the book, the story itself. I feel like it's strange when people support things purely because of those kinds of factors, right? These books, they should still be criticized, you know? You yeah, can't, yeah, definitely. like, protect them or whatever. Going back to the research question is that, you know, like, should should non-minority authors write about stories that focuses on minority issues and minority characters? I feel like, again, it kind of goes back to, you know, like, at what rate? Because if you're writing, like, a fantasy story or something and the main character just so happens to be a character of color, then okay, I guess. But personally, I feel like you can't write about minority experiences because that's just not your place, you know? I feel like the conclusion from all of this should be that it all depends on the story. It all depends on whether or not it actually is a good book or not. And I, well, actually, then again, you could argue that, you know, even good books, they have really bad portrayals of people of color. If you're like a white person and if you do want to educate yourself on like uh, these social issues, especially concerning minorities and stuff like that, then good for you. I think that's it. I guess I don't really have any books to recommend to this week. What about you? Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Uh, I was thinking of like, oh, for this episode's recommendation, I should recommend something that has like a really good example. But honestly, I don't have anything. And that's a really sad thing to say. I guess the only one I would say is probably, yeah, I mean, go read the Percy Jackson books. Uh, (laughs) Or maybe just like authors that you should (laughs) avoid because they did really bad on on this, on the topic (laughs) that we talked about. Um, Sarah J. Maas, I read a lot on her and her controversies. So yeah, if you want to know more about it, just like search it up yourself because that's a whole another story that could be like an hour long. But yeah. Topic on its own. Yeah, but basically she, she prided herself on having like these diverse characters, but you know, like they get very badly mistreated in the story and like I think one of them got killed off or something and and that's just really bad like don't do that especially because she's white they just feel like an afterthought afterthought basically just yeah. to be like all the diversity boxes stuff like that I did say that I don't really have a good recommendation but I would say if you're interested in uh, you know like these like non-minority authors writing about minorities there's one author which is Mackenzie Lee actually I've mentioned her I think like two episodes ago uh, I mentioned that I loved her book uh, The Lady's Guide to Petticoats and Piracy so I feel like it wouldn't be good to recommend the same thing again but yeah she does a lot of research and I have one copy of her book and there's actually like a reference page like bibliography yeah and that's just like the extent of research that she puts onto these books and that's something that I really appreciate and yeah I really love her stories it's kind of sad that we don't have a recommendation though do you have anything 
that maybe is more um, like heritage and sure, sure. related to the topic? <laughs> I guess one would be uh, the poet X, I think. It is about like a, yeah, a character of, of a minority, just her growing up. And it's a great book that really explores the relationships between, you know, people and people and uh, this character with religion. And it's all explored through poetry. And I thought that was such a cool way to tell a story. I've never really read books that were told in that format. And I thought it was really cool. So yeah, you know, give it a, give it a try yeah. if you like. I think that's it, right? That's yeah, all we yeah. I'm sweating really bad right now. I'm sorry. It sounds gross when I say it out loud. <laughs> I am. Uh, so thank you for this listening. Is really fun. Yeah, this is a really fun episode. And yeah, hope you guys enjoyed it. it thank you. Really <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Bye. See you next Bye. episode.